You're listening to Emmanuel Christian Center's podcast, Welcome Home. The Father's heart is for you and waiting with open arms. Join us today as we jump into a message from our series, There's No Place Like Home. We are addressing the question, what is home? You don't have to click your heels, just step inside. There's a seat for you. So get ready. God is on the move. How's everyone doing today, church? Everyone excited? How many love Jesus today? It's the right answer. That's great. And I love that these red sneakers found their home on my feet. And uh, love the series we're in. I love the fact that we're talking about the fact that there is no place like home. And when we say there's no place like home, we're not talking about heel taps and Kansas. Uh, We're not talking about flying monkeys or silver brick or golden brick roads, not silver or golden, right? We're actually referring to a story that's uh, told by Jesus himself in the Gospel of Luke when he talked about the runaway son or the prodigal son. If you didn't hear last last, uh, week's message, I want to encourage you to go back and watch it, listen to it. Pastor Nate laid the foundation for the series as we're talking about the fact that the Father always welcomes us home, that he's waiting, he's watching the horizon, waiting to meet us as we take steps back home to him. And uh, many of us are familiar with the story, the parable of the prodigal son, but it's important to not just brush by it or, uh, or assume that we know everything that's contained in the story. We're going to take a closer look today and build on, on uh, what we've been talking about this past week. But as you remember, Jesus is talking to a group of experts in Scripture, experts in doctrine and the law. And they feel that they are better than anyone around them. They're so caught up with themselves. They're so proud of their achievements and their merits. And they are in this habit of comparing themselves and measuring themselves with others to feel better about themselves. And Jesus says, you know what? You're completely missing the point. Because the heart of God the Father is to seek and save what is lost. To bring those who are estranged or disconnected, bring them back into the family. That's when he goes in Luke 15 into a series of parables or stories to illustrate this point. There's a parable of the lost sheep. There's a parable of the lost coin. And then the third one that Jesus uh, tells is the story that we're looking at today, the story of the prodigal or the runaway son. Now, you guys remember that there's not only one son in the story. There's actually two sons. One of them, he left with all the money that uh, would have been his at his father's death. So he pretty much went to his dad and said, you know what? I want my inheritance now. You're dead to me. I just, you know, why don't you just give me everything right now? I'm entitled to this. You owe it to me. And I want to go and I don't want to be part of the family anymore. And so he takes all this money and he goes and he spends it. He wastes it all. And then there's a famine in the land. We're going to catch up with the moment. He ends up in poverty. He ends up working at a pig farm. He ends up wishing that he could eat as, as well as the, uh, uh, the pigs that he's feeding. So he's stuck in a pig pen. And, uh, and, and, and then there's another son that hasn't left home. And this other son has been very meticulous in how he's following through with the tasks and expectations. And he's, he's very dedicated to his efforts, but he is also missing the point. And we're going to look at that in just a minute. Let's turn together 
to Luke chapter 15, if you would, verse 17. Luke 15, 17. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it says the following. When he, speaking of the runaway son or the, the prodigal son, came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. Son, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his, to his son, he said, Quick to the servants, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. Meanwhile, now we go to the other brother. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. He heard Pastor Giancarlos leading worship. <laughs> and he said, what's happening in there? So he called one of the servants and asked, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered the, his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me one of, of even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you killed the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the heart of the father. This is the heart of God the father. This is the heart that Jesus wants us to catch and it's a heart that we can so easily miss if we get caught up in ourselves. Be it that we're stuck in a pig pen of the results of our selfish actions, decisions, reactions, values. We end up choosing our own way. We end up drifting and following our, our appetites and our impulses. And we find ourselves reaping pain in our own lives, causing pain to the people around us. And Lord willing, we'll have that wake-up moment where we come to our senses and say, why am I doing this? Why am I living this way? Why did I put myself in this predicament? Maybe there's the other reaction where we're in the field, we're working hard, and we're so obsessed and, and excited about ourselves, our own efforts, and we're so proud of everything that we've accomplished and our own merit. And, and, and we feel great because we compare ourselves to others that are not doing that well. And uh, how many of you guys are, are, are firstborn in your family? So some of us can understand this, right? How many feel it's a little unfair how the youngest sibling was treated, right? Can we, can we just, can we, can I go there for a minute? I feel like I was a guinea pig for parental discipline. And then my brother, just, I mean, he's probably watching this later. You, you're great. You turned out great. I'm so excited for you. 
but I was an airbag for everything else that uh, could have come your way. The older brother's here in the field, and he's like, he hears music and dancing and celebration. And what would your natural response be? You'd be like, where's the conga line? I want to join. I want to, you know, I want to be part of what's going on here. He gets angry. He's like, why are they having fun? They shouldn't be having fun. I'm not getting noticed. No one is paying attention to me. And he throws a hissy fit. He's like, I'm not going to go in. And he starts pouting. And uh, the father has to come out and plead with him, right? So there's this story that Jesus paints the picture of that really helps us understand that, you know, to be home is really, it's not about the physical building. It's not about, about a, a physical space or an address. It's really about being in a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. That's what being home means. Can you imagine that first morning that the runaway son, the prodigal son comes home. So he, he comes back. He's rehearsed this whole thing. He's so lonesome that he talks to himself. And he's like, I'll say this. And, I'm, and he rehearses this whole repentance speech. And as he's coming home, he's still far away. And what does it say? The father is watching the horizon and he notices him. And what does he do? He starts running towards him. Because every step that we take towards God is met by God drawing near to us as well. And, and as he's walking home, there's shame, there's guilt. He's realizing, I severed the relationship with my family. I told my dad that it was as good as him being dead when I took his inheritance and left and, and did life my own way. I don't really deserve much. And there's probably the weight of, of shame and guilt and sin. And, and he's got these filthy clothes on. He stinks. He just smells. It's it just, it's just not, it's not great. He comes back and he's humbled and he says, and he's been rehearsing this repentant speech. And he says, Father, I'm so, so I'm sorry. I sinned against heaven. I sinned against you. And, and the father doesn't even let him finish the speech. You know why? Because the father has been rehearsing the welcome home speech since way before the son started rehearsing his repentant speech. How many know God has been rehearsing his welcome home speech since the beginning of eternity? And he's always ready to welcome everyone back. He celebrates every step that is taken in the right direction. Every step that is taken in the right direction. God loves him too much to leave him with the filthy rags on. He says, you know what? We need to get you cleaned up. We need, we need, to, we need to get you some new clothes. Take off the stench of, of, your, of your pig pen clothes and let's get some new clothes. Get a new robe. Get a ring on him. Give him back his family name. Get some sandals on. Get him ready to celebrate. He was once lost. Now he's found. We need to celebrate and be glad. That's the heart of the father. He goes and meets him, hugs him. He, uh, he's not, he doesn't say, okay, explain yourself. What did you learn from this? That, you know, and uh, I, I kind of default into that. So, okay, what lesson did we learn now? I love that God is so much better than any human father, any, any parent that we could know. I mean, we're so limited in our own experience. And so he finally comes home. There's a party. He eats. And then, and then he goes to bed. And he wakes up. And have, have you ever been on a long trip where you just you forget where you are when you wake up in the morning? And uh, we just, a couple, couple weeks ago, uh, our family went with a, a group of, of people here. We did a kingdom builder team down to Argentina, worked with 
church plant with an orphanage, uh, stayed at a Bible college. It's amazing, amazing time. Had an incredible time. Then we stayed on for a few more days on vacation, ended up sleeping in like multiple different spots, beds. And, and uh, by the time we came home, it was just hard to keep track of where we were. And uh, some of the first mornings I woke up, I was like, okay, where am I at right now? And I had to kind of find my bearings. And as soon as I realized it was my bed, I was like, ah, oh, so I've missed you bad. And I felt like, you know, like, like hugging it if I could. And then as soon as I realized it was my bathroom, how many of you know that you can, you can really over, you can underestimate the, uh, the value of your own bathroom, right? When you travel, you're like, I love my sink. I love my own toilet. And uh, it's so good to be home. And this son felt like he lost everything. Like he would never, ever be able to come back to him. But as soon as he steps home, he starts enjoying all of the, the favor of his father. He starts enjoying the fact that he recovers dignity. The fact that, that the father cleans him up and he thought he would never feel pure again. But the father extended that to him. The fact that home is a place for healing and restoration. The fact that at home, he, he has provision. He doesn't have to envy the pig's food because of what they're eating. He, he has God and the Father's provision for him. At home, he has, he's got a shelter. He's got warmth. He's got, he's got a place to grow. He's got a place of safety. He's got a place of belonging. It's so good to be home. It's so good to be home. And how many know that when we are in right relationship with God, we're at home and we can find healing and we can find belonging and we can find his care and his provision and we can find restoration and we can find dignity and we can find our identity like we were just singing a moment ago and we can find, we can find purpose in him. We can find who we are when we come into right relationship with God the Father. That's when we truly start to be home. I love the facts that God has made us as a church. Emmanuel, God has made us a home where we can connect to him and where we can find incredible blessings, incredible benefits of being part of God's family. How many are grateful to God for all the good things that he has done? You think of it, think of all the answered prayers in the last couple months. Think of the times God's shown up with provision. Think of the times he's brought healing. Think of the times he's given you guidance for decisions you need to make. Think of the times he gave you peace when it made no sense. Think of the times when he truly has expressed that he is a caring, good father. It's so good to be home. Amen. It's so good to be home. Now, next Sunday, I want to just give you a heads up. Because I know that a lot of supermarkets are going to be pretty crowded early in the morning. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. You have been warned. Okay, so don't try to go out and buy flowers Sunday morning because that's where all the rest of the dads are going to be, right? <laughs> Mother's Day at Emmanuel's a special day. We, uh, we've got, we, we want to honor moms. We're going to have Pastor Jody preaching. We're really excited about that. Let's give it up for Pastor Jody. And uh, we also have a couple photo booths that we're preparing because Mother's Day is also known as National Family Picture Day. <laughs> and so wear the right, come prepared, right? Wear the right clothes. So they didn't have family pictures back in the days of Jesus, but as I was thinking about his own family experience, 
Uh, here's a, a rendition by an artist that um, evidently was Scandinavian when he imagined Jesus and his family, right? So probably not. I mean, halos and all that. Now, how many know that some of those halos fell off as a family uh, developed, right? Um, Jesus' own family experience was, was uh, it wasn't it was smooth sailing the whole time. From the beginning, they question if he was a legitimate child or not. They're like, we know who your mom is, but who really knows who your daddy is, right? And, uh, and then he had these sibling rivalry things going on where his brother, there's, according to the Gospels, there's at least four brothers, some sisters, and a lot of them were like, ah, we, don't, we don't believe in you. We don't agree with you. So they had this kind of rivalry going on. Mark chapter 3 says that at one point, Jesus is teaching, and they actually come to the place where he's teaching, his, his family, like mom, dad, you know, siblings, they're all there. They're going to do an intervention. They're going to take him away because they thought he had lost his mind. And so they, they want to they wanna interrupt what's going on. They want to take him away. They're not in agreement. So for him, family, I mean, it, there was moments where there was tension. There was moments where it wasn't pleasant. But you know that as we come into right relationship with God the Father, one of the greatest benefits and blessings that we get to experience is we come into connection with God's family as well. Amen. And uh, you can pick your friends. You can't pick your family. God's already picked them for you, right? But we are blessed to not have to journey alone. We're blessed to not have to journey alone. Now, when we say the word family, that can mean a lot of different things to different people. I was talking to uh, Pastor Phil earlier, and he was saying that uh, Gen Z, which is the age of my, my kids, I've got a 14 and 17-year-old, Gen Z, that whole generation only 20% of them have had the experience of a traditional nuclear family with, uh, with dad and mom that were married and, and are the biological parents. So only 20% means that there is a lot of variety of experiences when it comes to talking about family. And it's good for us to be aware of that and not make assumptions out of that. Now, the fact remains that Jesus, even with his his own experience with his family and having to kind of put up with some of the, the rivalry and misunderstanding and, and, uh, and belittling by the culture around him and even by his own household, he never gave up on family. He never dismissed it. He never said, we need to dismantle this. What he did is he reframed it in relationship with God the Father. In Matthew 12, uh, 49 and 50 says, then he pointed to the disciples and said, look, these are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. He reframes family. And that's great news for all of us because it doesn't matter what our background is. We are invited to become parts of God's family. And it's a place of safety and blessing, a place of purpose with him. Jesus knew that we are not meant to journey alone. We, are, we need connection with each other. We need to be able to share faith with each other. If I'm low on faith, I'm going to need your faith to be able to supplement mine, to join me and believe with me. The day that I'm strong in faith, I want to supplement your, your lack of faith. You know, we can, we can siphon some of the faith from me and we'll fill your tank with it until you get to the place where you can fill up with the Lord, right? 
and uh, we get to journey together. We get to encourage each other. We get to, we get to cheer each other on. We get to celebrate each other. That's what being family is. And God, as we connect to him, he will connect us with others that are also in this journey of growth. How many say, thank you, Jesus, for that? Thank you, Lord. Now, you got the person next to you. That's uh, actually a tangible expression of who this family is. So you can turn to them and say, hey, he's talking about you. And now because they're your brother, they're your sister, they're your sibling, you can say, could you please eat a breath mint before service next time? (laughs) If you're going to talk to me, please do me that favor, right? We find belonging as we come into God's family. I love what uh, Jesus did in, in John chapter 19, verse 26. He's hanging on the cross. His mother's there. John, the apostle, is there as well. And it says, when Jesus saw his mother standing beside the disciple he loved, he said, dear woman, here is your son. And then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, the disciple took her into his home. He establishes relationships of connection and belonging. So however much disappointment or dysfunction you may have experienced, I want to encourage you, don't dismiss the gift of family. God extends that. If you're part of his home, you're at home with him, he opens up his family to you as well. And I want to say welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome to God's family here at Emmanuel. Can we just say welcome to everyone who's around us? And uh, man. Man, one of my favorite stories about Jesus' uh, journey in, in family and childhood is actually a road trip that they took together, and uh, they, went, they went from their town to visit the big city down in Jerusalem, right? And there were some uh, feasts that were happening there, and something happened. How many of you ever have lost a child? You've lost a child. Supermarket, Mall of America, Right? It, we didn't lose them. They took off, right? Let's just be honest, right? It's on them. It's their fault. If they just followed instructions, they would have been fine, right? I used to laugh at those kid leashes until one of my kids got lost. Then I was like, where do you buy those? Can I get a couple, right? <laughs> How many of you lost a child for three minutes? Three minutes, three minutes. How about five minutes? Five minutes, five minutes. An hour? Three, three days? Yes, Joseph and Mary, you get the prize today. No, I'm just, there's no Joseph and Mary back there. Just saying, yeah. Three days, three days later, they're like, you had Jesus. No, you had him. What do you mean? No, you were, no. And then they're checked with friends and family. And they, where's Jesus? And they have to go back to Jerusalem. And they, and they have to figure out where he is when they find him. Remember the moment you found your kids? There's this a mixture of relief and, uh, and, and just a sigh of, whoo, safety. And then there's kind of that boiling uh, sense of, don't you ever do this to me again, right? That's the voice you got to listen to Mary's uh, words here. She says in Luke chapter 2, after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? It's like a parent ventriloquist moment, you know, when you talk without moving your mouth. And just, 
Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why did you do this to us, right? No, it's like, and, and I love his answer. Uh, why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that it had to be in my father's house? Another translation is, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? One of the greatest things about being home with God is that he invites us to join him in the amazing work that he does. He invites us into the family business, if you will, into being involved in, in, in seeing how grace and love and hope are extended, how lives are transformed, how restoration happens. He invites us to join him in what he is doing. To be home is to be part of the family. You, you uh, at one point transitioned from being a guest where you're, you know, where you're just, you know, you're kind of an outsider and you're welcomed in for a, a, just a brief moment and you have a, a place at the table and, and then everyone else gets up and serves. When you're part of the family, you have a spot at the table, but then you have to clean up the table too, right? Remember, remember, uh, you know, we had chore lists at home growing up. We're like, okay, no, it was your day. No, it's your day. I did it twice. I covered for you. You got to do it for me. That's part of being part of the family, right? is we have a sense of ownership. We're not just consumers of God's benefits. We participate with what he's doing. We join him and we experience the incredible joy of serving others. We experience the joy of serving others. I remember as a, as a kid and a teenager, I had a, a, a big portion of my life was just attending church. And then when I hit about 15 years of age, something transitioned inside of me, and, uh, and, and, and I felt God inviting me to join him in what he was doing. And up to that point, I would come, and I had my spot, and I would sit, and I would be involved, but with, with you know, a limit of how much involvement I was going to have. I would be there, I would sing, I would listen, I would respond, but then when it came to getting further involved, I was like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, someone over there is looking for you. And then I would kind of take off like that, right? But the reality is, once I experience the, the blessing, the opportunity, the incredible privilege of, of joining God and watching from up close, how he can, he can extend grace and peace and how he brings growth and clarity and how he, he restores and how he heals. When I get to be close up to, to that happening, I'm not thinking about how many hours I'm clocking as I'm volunteering. I'm thinking about how I am part of a miracle. I get to be present so close to what God is doing. And as part of his family, I get to, I get to join him in what he is doing. And, and, it's just, and I will never go back to just being a mere spectator. I cannot be a spectator of what God is doing. I need to be involved. Even if I contribute a very small portion, I want to be close to the action. I want to see what God is doing and I want to be involved. I want to help however I can to see God continue to do what only he can do. And I want to encourage you, you know, this is a big part of who we are as a church. We're in this together. Say that to the person next to you. We're in this together even though you didn't have that breath meant yet. We're in this together. As a church, we are here. Emmanuel is here with the purpose that everyone would know Jesus, grow together, 
and live with purpose. That's our mission statement. That's why we are here. That's why God has planted us in every community where we're at. For everyone to know Jesus, grow together, and live with purpose. And we believe in this so much that we, have, we, we want to empower that experience. We want it to be a consistent experience across the board. For anyone who's welcomed into our house, anyone who comes home to Emmanuel, we want them to be able to not, not only receive the, the blessing of, of receiving, but experience the blessing, the greater blessing of participating. And getting involved. And, uh, and now you're going to feel like, oh, he's putting on the growth track, uh, you know, announcement mode voice, right? This is, I'm not at the announcement yet. So just bear with me. I'm at the heart behind growth track. Growth track is the spot where we get to focus our conversation around helping to identify what are the gifts? What are the passions? What is your background? What are the, what, what are the skills that God's given you? And what, where does that match opportunities to be able to join him and jump in and, and, and see him, uh, you know, partner with you? And, and, and you get to experience miracles for so close when you join him and what he's doing. And, uh, and so we have these focused moments of being able to connect with others and encourage others and, and identify these things and then look at, okay, what are the opportunities inside the house? What are the opportunities beyond the house as well? And, and that's, I mean, it's exciting. And that's why it's a big value for us because we believe in helping everyone connect to the purpose, the unique purpose that God has for you. How many have already experienced Growth Track? Raise your hand where you're at. Wave it, wave it. And, and if you, you know, it's exciting. So if you have not, okay, now announcement voice, okay? <laughs> announcement moment. Growth Track, this month, we got an opportunity. We got a fast track. So we're doing all four sessions in two Sundays. So we're doing it on Sunday the 15th and Sunday the 22nd. It's going to continue to be offered throughout. We do it every month because we want to help people connect their gifts, their passions, their history, their, you know, everything that, that is the unique mix that God has built them with to opportunities to be able to find that purpose. And uh, we got that coming up 9 to 11 on May 15th and May 22nd. You can sign up. You can, you can ignore me for the next minute right now. And uh, pull up the app and sign up right now. Pull up the Emmanuel MN app. You can sign up right now. Or you can go out to the lobby right after service and sign up. Pastor Tito is eagerly waiting to uh, meet you out in lobby too. Okay, announcement voice is done. Back to the message. It's all connected though. Right? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? We're in this together. So Growth Track is a huge part of our experience together. How many of you love board games? I'm not going to give a board game away today, but this is one of our all-time favorites, Settlers of Catan. I'm going to stand still. So yes, this is the expansion uh, box, it's smaller, and we stuff it all in there. And uh, when we play with friends, we always uh, go through a brief moment of explaining the house rules, Right? Because it's awkward when you're halfway through a game and then someone like Google some obscure thread on a rule that you've never heard about and, and in theory helps kind of them, props them up for a victory when it's, you're like, come on, really? And, uh, and so we, we always explain the house rules before we play a game and then we say, okay, these are the terms and so this is what we want to do. And uh, one of the other things that we do, and we don't change the rules halfway through the game, right? Another thing that we, we've started doing as a family is we actually... Um, we write down the names of all the winners and the losers inside of the box with the day. You got the picture back there. 
I do want to make a mention on uh, December 11th of 2021, Ben Bright won. Someone tried erasing your name here. It wasn't me, I promise. I suspect it might have been my wife. But if you think this is savage, you should see the Bright's game box. They will like highlight losers and do circles around them. Like point at them and like all caps, loser. They write loser bigger than winner. You know, it's just, it's rough. So anyway, how many are grateful that God does not change the terms halfway through the journey? How many are grateful that he does not change the terms? He is consistent in unfailing love. He is consistent in grace. He did not move the location of his house to the pig pen. He did not move the location of the house to the field of bitterness and hissy fit pouting. He stayed consistently so that both brothers could find their way home. If God kept on changing the terms halfway through the journey, it'd be really hard to find him. But he is the same. He is loving. He's welcoming. He celebrates every step that's taken in the right direction. And he's always within reach. He's always within reach. I love the fact that he doesn't accommodate. We wish that he would change the rules and accommodate our selfishness or accommodate our bitterness. Maybe you're you're at a, at a stalemate with, a, with, with someone within God's family and you're, you're stuck in your journey because of bitterness and lack of forgiveness. And God comes and he pleads with you. And you say, God, you should move over here and make me right. You know I'm right. They're wrong. I'm right, God. We want him to move his address to over where we're at. It doesn't work that way. The steps back home are steps of forgiveness and humility, just like he's extended forgiveness to us. And maybe it's shame and we're like, God, could you just meet me here? I, I don't know how to change where I'm at. And he said, you don't need to change it. Just walk to me. And I'll bring things into focus and I'll bring clarity into your journey. When Jesus talked to the rich young ruler, he said, you're doing everything right except for this one thing. Go and sell your possessions. Give to the poor. And the rich young ruler hung his head and walked away sadly. You know what I noticed in that story? Jesus didn't say, wait, 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 wait. Let's renegotiate. Hold on, hold on. Hold. Sell half your possessions. Does half sound okay? Let's renegotiate. He didn't change the terms halfway through the journey. His home is always consistent so that we can find our way back to it. And you know what? If we opt out, we miss out. You can't choose to come home for me. I can't do it for you. You might need to have your, your moment of, of being lucid and coming to your senses and saying, what am I doing? Why am I doing life this way? I should go back. May have lost my status, but I know I'm going to be better off at home than, with, than where I am right now. Maybe you're stuck in anger self-righteousness and you're comparing yourself and you feel better than anyone else and it's life is unfair and, and you're upset. That's the audience that Jesus was actually telling the story to. 
and he's saying, you're missing the point. You could enjoy life so much more if you would just come home. Just catch the heart that the Father has for others. Welcome others home. Can you imagine if we all found our way home and start reflecting the heart of the Father and we become part of the welcome committee and we get to watch on the horizon and run to people as they're taking the first right steps in the right direction and we get to hug on them and say, you're, you're going to make it. You're coming home. We're excited that you're here. The older brother knew exactly where the younger brother was at, knew where he was spending his money. He was trolling him on social media. He knew exactly where he was, where he was spending his money, who he had been with the previous day. And he wasn't happy that the brother was coming home. Something is messed up with that. We get to be part of the ones that celebrate, that hold up the welcome home banners. God never runs out of those, amen? He's always saying, welcome home, welcome back, welcome back. I want to connect you to a right relationship with me. I want to involve you in my business. I want to invite you to be part of what I am doing. And I want you to live out the purpose that I've given you. Amen. Would you stand together with me? The invitation that God gives us is still courage. He's still a God that celebrates steps that are taken in the right direction. I want to I wanna pray for two things specifically. I want to ask everyone, if you could close your eyes for just a moment. How many say, I realize that I'm, 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 I need to take steps in the direction of home? Maybe you are, you're stuck in unforgiveness and bitterness and anger. You're out in the field. You refuse to celebrate. You refuse to come in because you are upset about something or with someone. And God says, you know what? Just, you're, you're my son. You're my daughter. Everything I have is yours. You always have access to me. Don't get stuck where you're at. Take steps. Come back in. Come home. Maybe you're stuck in shame. Maybe you're stuck in, 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 uh, in, in the, under the weight of guilt. And, and just, you, you've made a mess of things by doing life your own way. And you feel like there's nothing, that you're beyond hope, that you're beyond any opportunity for change. And God says, you know what? I'm watching the horizon. As soon as you take steps, I'm going to meet you. I'm going to meet you. I'm going to hug you and I'm going to bring you home. Your spot will not be replaced. You will not lose your spot at my table. How many say, I, today I need to take steps home in my relationship with God? If that's you, can you just raise your hand where you're at? Just say, I, I need to take some steps. I need to take some steps back to him. I need to take steps home. Amen. Amen. I want to I say another very specific appeal to everyone who Today, you're far from God. Maybe you were in a relationship with him and you've drifted away, much like that, that runaway son, or maybe, maybe you've never had a relationship with God, but you, you realize that you need to do life differently. You want to do it God's way. You realize that you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You want him to give you a fresh start, a new beginning, to remove the filth of sinful, bad decisions, and to dress you with dignity, with a new life, with new opportunity. You're far from God, and you say, I want to come home to him. If that's you, can you just raise your hand where you're at? Amen. God bless you. 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 In fact, can we do this? Can you pray together with me, church? Could you repeat this prayer? 
and this is a statement that you're making, the belief that you've just expressed, you're turning it into a prayer to God, and he will do exactly what you've asked him. And say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you sent Jesus to live a sinless life, to die on the cross for my sin. And you raised him from the dead to bring hope into my story. I ask that he would be my Lord and Savior and that from this day on, I would live with you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out EmmanuelCC.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into the community, or join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.